1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective,
0: 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. You know, if you've been around church life for the last few weeks, it's the strong possibility that you've probably been in a conversation where someone has said, did you hear about the revival that's going on in the US small town in a university called the Asbury University? Well, there's been significant things that have been happening. When a town of just 6,000 people is inundated with 50,000 visitors, we might all be saying, is this something significant that we ought to be paying any attention to? Well, Bill Muhlenberg has been reflecting on the developments at Asprey University, where the Revival Centre has been, and things that have been going on with the commentary that's around this. And he's back with us today. Hey, Bill, welcome back to 2020. Always oh, great to be here. Bill, it's very easy, isn't it, to get excited about hearing of revival breaking out. What were your thoughts when you heard that the revival had broken out there?
1: Yeah, well, uh, all Christians, I would have thought, should uh, long for, pray, seek revival, and, uh, you know, ask God to bring mighty heaven sent revival. So I think all Christians should have that. As something they long for. Um, so, obviously, when this came along, uh, I certainly looked into it. In fact, I ended up writing uh, four or five articles, I think, in the last few weeks, kind of on Asbury in particular, but more on the bigger, you know, revival in general, revival in history. How do you tell true revival from false revival, and so on, which are important questions. And as you say, a lot of discussion, a lot of people talking about it. And sadly, as you always get, a lot of controversy. uh, A lot of people, you know, fully in in favor and happy with what they see there. But on the other hand, a lot of critics, those who think, oh, this whole thing, stay away, it's it's dodgy. So whenever you get some kind of outbreak, uh, some kind of move of God, some kind of experience, might be personal, might be in the church, might be whatever – Uh, you're always going to get different camps, sadly, weighing down on it. Some critics, some in favour, maybe some in between, not sure where they stand. So, yeah, that's a big part of this one as well. And so I've tried to cover some of those bases in uh, some of the articles I've recently penned. Well, let's see if we can
0: cover a bit of ground in our conversation. As you say, there are always going to be sensationalists who... Uh, Painted as bigger than Ben-Hur and uh, just the most amazing thing, then there's the ultra-conservatives who say, no, this could never happen. It must be something that's an aberration to faith that's going on. Where do we start with this? Uh, I know you've been reflecting on some historic writings because revivals are not new. We perhaps can learn some things from those wise heads of the past. Uh, What were you gleaning
1: Yeah, absolutely. We have that tendency, don't we, where we think everything is new. The church has only been around the last 20 years or something, and uh, we forget. We actually got a 2,000-year history of Christianity, so hey, we can learn from the past. We dare not ignore history, certainly church history. Uh, well, even the book of Acts is really our first kind of church history account, if you will, the description of the early church, what they went through, and well, it's been going for 2,000 years now, so we really should try to learn from what's gone before, not try to reinvent the wheel, and yeah, we've had plenty of revivals in the past, we can look at, compare, contrast with what's happening now, and we have many, uh, well, both revivalists and those who've written about revival, who we should be paying attention to. In fact, there would be many, but as I've written in several of my pieces, probably the most important uh, expert, you might say, Christian assessor of revival is somebody who had himself revival in his own churches. And a few years later was part of the what we call the Great Awakening in America, along with George Whitefield. And I refer to Jonathan Edwards. So somebody like that, I, I keep saying, in fact, social media as well. I'm surprised everybody's talking revival, questioning, arguing, wondering, is this legit or not? Well, why aren't we Going back to perhaps what can be called one of the greatest uh, minds and the greatest uh, Christian thinkers about the nature of revival, Jonathan Edwards. So, yeah, we can learn plenty from him, from his writings, what he experienced, some of the warnings he gave, some of the pros and cons he offered about his own revival. So I think that's going to help us greatly if we simply approach this as if, you know, it's never happened before, something brand new. Well, we're going to be in uncharted territory, get into a lot of trouble and mistakes, I think. So let's learn from the past and let's learn from some of the experts who've been there and done that. Well, you'll get those who want to
0: dive in and experience all they can, and there's those who might be giving a word of caution, and uh, I've got to say, uh, you've got to side a little bit uh, with the caution, although you don't want to miss what God is doing. Now, for those listeners, some have heard me say, beyond Asbury, there's word that these similar sorts of breakouts are happening in some other cities in America, also In places like the Philippines, uh, there's news that those sorts of things, there's a breakout in Uganda. And I was reflecting with uh, one other commentator just a few weeks back before all this broke that there seemed to be a move of God in Southeast Asia. So when we're hearing all of these things and perhaps one thing leads to another and someone says, I heard this, I heard that, coming back to some of these historic teachers might actually be a really great place to start. So with Jonathan Edwards, what was he saying?
1: Yeah, well, again, uh, those who experience things today uh, and you're trying to get your head around it, is this of God, is this of the devil? Well, the same questions were asked before, including by people like Jonathan Edwards. In fact, he wrote a number of books on the very issue, Uh, what he called often the religious affections, not exactly the same as emotion, but the idea that God interacts with the whole person he certainly warned against just mere you know head level christianity it's more than just right what do we think about sure theology matters good doctrine matters the mind uh in love with god and his word that matters greatly but we're more than just the mind our will is involved our emotions our whole person So Edwards wrote heaps on what he talked about, the religious affections and how we can understand them, how we can analyze them, how we can discern true from false. And he would have said, well, what I've been saying, and many, I think, level-headed Christians would be saying, we have to avoid the various extremes. And two, as we mentioned already, come to mind. uh, One is this idea that you're critical of anything that's different and new. Uh, In in Edward's own day, his fellow Calvinists, many of them were quite, you know, they didn't like the revival that was happening. They said it was, you know, this is not of God. It's all this spontaneity and all these weird uh, kind of manifestations, people fainting sometimes, things like that. That's not proper. It's not the right decorum. Uh, You know, we should do all things in order, which, well, generally is true, but they— weren't happy with emotion at all the show of emotion they weren't happy with uh uh, people doing things that they hadn't seen before so they were quite critical so that was kind of one extreme that edwards had to work against but that wasn't the only thing there were the others right who he called the enthusiasts those who were really into it who really put Uh, perhaps too much emphasis on emotion and feeling. And we're just kind of doing anything that went, Uh, didn't check anything out, line it up with scripture, right? We're told to test all things. So the idea that just whatever comes must be of God, and no matter how bizarre and kind of goofy, embrace it and accept it without asking questions, well, Edwards warned against that as well. Somewhere there's the middle, the balance that Scripture gives us. We don't want to quench the spirit. That's a various thing indeed. We don't want to, you know, if God is at work, hey, the worst thing we can do is dismiss it, say it's not of God. It's almost kind of like a, a blaspheming of the Holy Spirit. But on the other hand, we know Satan is alive and well. There can be counterfeit miracles. There can be things that go on that will cause, you uh, you know, all kinds of uh, counterfeits and things that we really don't want. So we have to learn how to, uh, you know, discern, distinguish, and be aware of what's happening. So, Bill,
0: you're constantly aware whenever the revival conversation is going on that there is potential in revival when emotions do overflow that things can turn weird And uh, there are revivals that have happened in the past where weird phenomena have taken place. I suspect uh, when you look at the things that have happened that some have called weird, uh, you're actually looking for what happens beyond the weird because the fruit of revival is really where uh, the way that people's lives have been touched, changed, transformed. I I imagine there's a lot of different dimensions you can look at there, but not being afraid of things that Mm. might be weird, but at the same time having a cool head and a little bit of good, wise maturity that, that guides you through if weird things happen.
1: Yeah, right. Uh, We need both. Uh, We have to look at and assess any manifestations or kind of outward things that happen. But we also have to look, as you say, at the fruit. You have to look at the lives and you have to look at, you know, how it lines up with Scripture. Uh, A hallmark of it seems all revival when you study it, right? There's a real move of God, the Holy Spirit, convicting people. So repentance, right? A major element. People become really increasingly aware of their own sinfulness, of how dark they really are. Even if they've been a Christian 25 years, whatever, they see God in a new light, a holy God who's pure and uh, fully clean and cannot stand uh, sin in any way. Well, that kind of, if God breaks forth in this kind of revelation— Uh, Well, you get a new sense of your own sinfulness and of how far you are from where God is. So that's got to be a big test of any revival, right? If there's no talk of repentance, of sin, and of turning from sin, well, then you got to wonder, is this a real revival? But as far as the manifestations go, right, there can be all kinds of weird things. But then again, you say, hey— Actually, you'll find that in the Bible, right? You'll find things happening in Scripture. Just look at one thing, this idea of kind of people falling over or falling down, lying prostrate before God. Uh, Well, guess what? That, that. Happens often, right? You read of people having an encounter with God in the Bible, and they fall flat on their face before God. It's it's kind of a normal reaction when a sinner, even a Christian or a man of God, uh, comes right before God in His holiness. You know, you just wow, you end up on your face before God. So, uh, in a sense, you know. The idea that there's new and weird things going on, well, you could say that about a lot of the reactions God's people had in the Bible as well, both Old and New Testament. So it's uh, not that unusual. Uh, you would expect some things to happen. But again, you assess all these things in the light of Scripture, in the light of what genuine revival is about. As we say, repentance, confession of sin, a new love for God in his word and to teach his word. So taken all together, we can get some kind of way of assessing these things. But yeah, anything on its own without the whole package deal, it can become problematic. So we
0: don't write off the rumours and the evidence of revival happening in places like Asbury University in the US and other places that we have mentioned and Unlike, perhaps, any other time in history, now you can just look at a YouTube clip and you can find yourself there, present in the revival surroundings. You can see what people are doing. You can see and feel, almost, the emotion that is coming through. So uh, this is a time when we have the evidence at our fingertips, and for listeners to be able to explore some of that, you can simply do that on a Google search, and you'll find YouTube clips galore about what's been going on in Asbury, and there might be all sorts of other things you can and explore about revival around the world. And a good place to start for that cool head, a little bit of wisdom, maturity when it comes to. Caution and what to look for. Perhaps some of the articles that Bill Muhlenberg has been writing this past week around the Asbury revival and how we look at those things, even taking into account uh, those wise heads of the past who've been there and done that and seen the good, the bad and the ugly. But let's hope (laughs) more of the good than any of the others. Go to BillMuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch, one word. Bill, thanks so much for a great update today on 2020. Thanks again, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision
1: Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.